You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. I want to know what the event thrill is like to drive. Because for me, when you look at it, it's like a Batmobile clown car. It's wide, it's skinnier at the front, wider at the back. Yeah. But it looks amazing. So. Yeah, so, it, you know, it, the, I'll tell you. So I've had three. The first two sucked. Um, <laughs> and and, and for a lot of different reasons. So my first one was a 2013 blue and white car. I bought it, you know, brand new in 2013. Company was three years old. Arguably, I probably had no business buying the car back then um, for what I was earning. Uh, it's not like it was a a um, you know, a bad thing about to happen. It's just I was really aware of, of when that payment was going out. It was basically when my mortgage was. And it's to date, it's still to date, it is still the most expensive car I've ever purchased. And you so, said it was blue and white. This was balloon white. So oh, it was so this you said kind blue of pearlescent, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. pearlescent white. Sure. Um, so on top of that, it was so it's 2013. The 2012s are the first year, and they were supposed to be significantly improved. 2012s, there was a lot of kind of negative feedback on how they drove, how rough they rode, the transmission. Um, the transmission is this ISR independent shifting rod transmission that at full throttle shifts really quick, but at part throttle, I I swear it's worse than. The, you know, the Ferrari 360 Formula One iterations or the 355 Formula One paddle so you have to give a little gas or massage it. Or, yeah, it was yeah. so much more than that. It was they like, call yeah, it character now. You have to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Lamborghini said that they're like, the reason that it's this is that we want to still maintain a level of emotion with the car. I still hold that they just don't, they couldn't build a DCT. I think toss it out too quick. I think they couldn't build a DCT that could handle the torque. I really yeah. think that's what it was. Yeah. So uh, back then. So, um, and now the packaging is in such a way that a DCT doesn't fit. So now we have DCTs in handle the torque. Very it doesn't too. fit. The yeah. transmission isn't, uh, it's in front of the engine. It's not behind like on the, yeah. uh, the Gallardos. It's actually closer to the driver and the passenger than it is. So Interesting. physically it doesn't fit a DCT. So um, you have to feather the throttle to shift, which is fine. And you get used to that. But the kind of going from a stop was really questionable. I mean, it, you could tell the clutch wasn't quite sure when to engage. And then the downshifts were so unpredictable in that, you know, you, on the Scott of the Speciale, when you click them, they're super crisp, super cool sounding downshifts. The Aventador, very different. One shift, you could click it down from fifth to fourth, super crisp and cool. It was like click no down from, pattern to it? No, click it down from fourth to third, and it was like, you know, it was just a super low kind of lug into third. No kind of Formula One style shift. Yeah. So kind of that combined with the fact that the time it was my only fun car, I, I traded three cars in on it. I traded a Ford GT, a 911 Turbo, a PDK car, uh, and uh, a six-speed Gallardo in on the first Aventador. When you go from the best chain, like PDK, which like, yeah. like uh, the red PDK. one. Okay, yeah. So the red six-speed car, oh, yeah, so, which was, ended up getting thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, and a PDK Porsche, which was bulletproof, bulletproof, that was the, that was the gray fast as hell. That was black. Yeah, so the gray Ford GT, the gray Twin Turbo car we talked about in the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so those three, and I still owed them money. So, uh, so I had my daily driver and I had the Aventador. Uh, and it was just one of those things where I didn't really want to drive it. Um, one, because of the expense of like, oh, what if, you know, what if something happens or whatever. Two, I didn't want to get door dinged. As stupid as it sounds, it was balloon white. It was this 12-stage paint. 
that I just knew in my head, okay, if someone door dings this, I'm never going to get it to match. Was it like yeah. fully PPFs and stuff? No, too? so that was before I did any of that. It was really, okay, you know, yeah. so I had a clear bra on the front that the dealership had done, um, but that was it. So I sold it after six months, lost a ton of money, and that's whenever I got my first underground car. So, uh, or the first Giardo that I sent to underground. Okay. So, and you just thought you'd wasted money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of Which it. Which we so. talked about you money shifting. Yeah, I mean, that's unfair perspective. Like, I've, I've seen him go through it. So. You know, yeah. there's just so much great. There's, there's got to be this, this huge level of grace in my life because somehow, like, my financial decisions have not killed me. Yeah. So, um, see, I'm on the other end of that. I, I didn't insulate myself on <laughs> yeah. that. I made some terrible ones. Yeah, yeah. man. So I, that's yeah, different. yeah, I think. Yeah, you got to build in some protection by giving. It just it do, it does that somehow. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I buy the second one. So that's 2013. Um, I buy my 2014 probably in 2017 or 18. Um, so I buy a red 2014 car. Again, supposed to be improved over the 2013. I didn't feel like my 13 had any improvements over yeah. the over the 12s. So. Uh, at that point, I so I don't remember what I traded to get that car, but I ended up having the uh, my gray Hurricane, uh, which was my 2015 Hurricane. Um, I think I still had the white Underground car. But I think I was in, I was I was in the middle of selling it, uh, and then the red Aventador. So I okay. had you know the two Lamborghinis. One was very accessible, daily drivable if you want, um, and then the Aventador, and then whatever I was daily driving at the time, and it was a much better experience. Uh, it was better, but like the first one, it rode rough. The yeah. downshifts were really unpredictable. And I kind of felt, to me, Aventadors are kind of Guido mobiles. Like you just, you feel like you should be on Jersey Shore. You know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the GTL yeah. thing. I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah, I see that. it feels like that. And yeah. that one was red. So it was very loud visually. It's still almost like a rapper's choice. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, really, it's a basketball car. It was a really it? cool yeah. like interior spec, and so I lowered it. So this was the first mistake I did. So I lowered it with the springs I had from my 2013, which I assumed everything fit. It slammed the front end. I mean, it was it was excessively low. SEMA car. The rears didn't. The rear springs didn't fit, so we had to crank it down on the stock coilovers uh, to do that. Um, so the 2012, 2013s had coilovers in the rear. Um, Non-coilover shocks and struts in the front. So the fronts weren't adjustable, but the rears were. How, whatever. That sounds like Strange. it would be terrible. Probably just because, yeah, exactly. So yeah. so it was lowered, and it had this same issue. I mean, it did not turn. It turned like a bus. It didn't turn. The shifts were weird, and I just it, I just hated it. Mm -hmm. I, I think I kept that car for four months. I was like, I will never do this again. What about launch control? Uh, launch control's good. I mean, launch yeah. control's fine. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, so it was it, only good when you were hammering it. Yeah, it was... The Aventador, the 2012, the 2000, or the 13 and the 14 that I had, the pre-S version, um, very one-dimensional. Sure. It's all about how it looks. It's not about how, it's not a driver's car whatsoever. And that's where I was so out of alignment with it. I was mm -hmm. like, this is all about yeah. show, and that isn't really me. Yeah. Um, at least not not as a primary driver, at least. So, um, so anyway, so the 2000, so now I have an Aventador S. Um, it's a 2017, um, so the first year of the S. Uh, and for whatever reason, I don't remember what I was watching. I just, I think I saw one somewhere, and I was like, God, that looks, like it just looked mm -hmm. incredible to me. So I was like, okay, I will consider one again. And it was, <laughs> it was that simple. So I started doing research on the, on the Aventador <laughs> S, right? And so the primary you know the Aventador S makes a little more power so the mine was a 720 the uh, were they 720 uh, the LP 720 I think so the 13s and the 14s the Aventador S is a 740 so a little more power 
um, 30 more horsepower, but it has magnetic ride control. Mm-hmm. So That's a big deal. previously, they none of them had magnetic ride, so no adjustable ride, you know, stiffness or anything like yeah. that. Uh, and and four wheel steer, which was, I mean, those were the biggest, you know, outside the transmission, those are the biggest complaints yeah. about the car for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn, it didn't handle. I mean, when you turned the other cars, it really felt like it's like you were looking at the back axle, like okay, are you coming? Like it just didn't. <laughs> yeah, it didn't follow the car at all, and it felt big. Um, you can see it when you see him pulling around in parking lots, like you can tell. It looks it's like it's dragging the rear. It looks like the e brake's on. It feels yeah. like the e brake is on when you turn the thing. It's just. It, it, is it that it's like two sixty five and three? God knows what out back. It, I think a lot of it. it I, I think a lot of it's just the length of the car. It, I think it's the length and the width mm-hmm. of it, the track, and just. Yeah, because the rear's wider in the front. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is narrower in the front. So if you look at them on the front, like you can actually see the rear tires um and that's really know, not a mercy yeah oh for sure so the s which is what i have now um again i bought it sight unseen which i do on 90 percent of them um so i bought it sight unseen. <laughs> no test drive he's gonna tell you about his car max experiences <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh so this I is go, just gonna be the reza podcast <laughs> yeah so i go to i go to this i go to the place in california to pick it up uh and you know it looks wicked i'm like okay cool i want to go drive it. like you can't drive it um if you drive off the lot we're required to charge you tax i'm like well that's why I flew here. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to drive it, drop it back off, and then fly home. Um, so I ended up convincing the guy. I was like, what do we need to do? And he goes to the owner. And the owner's so I'm half Persian, so the owner's a Persian guy. He recognizes my name. I was like, how do I get to drive it? He's like, and he just kind of waves his hand in the air like he's signing something to the guy. He's like, I'm gonna get, he's like do you want to rent your car for free? It's like, yeah, I'll rent it for free for the week. So, you know, they, they give me a rental car agreement or whatever, and I yeah. keep it in the glove box, and I go drive it. Nice. And it is night and day difference. Uh, the first thing you notice is it turns. And it turns almost unnaturally well. It, it turns tighter than a hurricane. Uh, so, you know, at low speed, the wheels go at a reverse angle, an opposite angle to, to reduce corner, yeah. you know, circle, uh, the turning circle. And at high speed, they go at the same angle to virtually extend the wheelbase so you have more stability. Mm-hmm. So um, turning, it's incredible. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I can actually turn around in a, in into a car, you know, a car park and actually drive the thing and get it around. Um, so then, you know, the, the other cool part about the, um, the S versus the, I hate the name of it, but versus the others is they have a, they have a customizable driving mode. So on the others you have um, Strata, Strata Sport and Corsa, which yeah. is street, sport and race. On this, you have Strata Sport and Ego, which is perfect. All right, so, so Strata Sport, uh, Corsa and Ego, yeah. which is perfect for a Lamborghini, but Ego in Italian means individual. It just means the person. Yeah. So you can customize it to you. So uh, this is the first time in, in an event store that you can you know, put it in. You, know, you can essentially have a race engine without having the shifts that like break your neck. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I customized my, my Ego mode in, in, uh, like while I'm sitting outside the dealership, and I put it in uh, race... Uh, for the for the engine, race for the transmission and Strata Street for the the suspension. Mm-hmm. I quickly realized okay, it shouldn't be in race in um, in the engine because it doesn't. There was something it did. Oh, the wing kept going to the super high position right away. I just didn't like that. So put it in, ended up having a sport in transmission, sport in transmission engine, and then Strata in the uh, in suspension, and it rode better than any supercar I've ever had. I mean, really? it was so, it, it rides better than the 720, which is mind blowing to me. It was so compliant driving around. Really? 
It's I'm in, shocked. It's incredible. <laughs> I never would say, yeah. It is incredible. Like you're drinking, but you don't really drink. No, so. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. So it ru- it was more compliant than the 720. It has a tighter turning circle than the 720 does. Uh, and, you know, the transmission is the transmission. I mean, the downshifts are better. So it does. Every single one of them is crisp. You don't have that issue. But you still have to feather the throttle a little bit on mm-hmm. the shifts. And, mm-hmm. you know, the drive away from a stop position, there's a range of throttle that you don't want to be in. Otherwise, it's fine. Uh, but as a driving experience, it's fundamentally changed. It is, yeah. It's mind-blowing. And the coolest part about it is in my 13, uh, the exhaust was, you know, had, you know, it opened up uh, a certain RPM mm-hmm. and, uh, and throttle input. In this car, um, if you select either Sport or Corsa for the exhaust, for the engine, mm-hmm. it opens the flaps immediately all the way. Awesome. So the car basically has an exhaust on it. Yeah. Um, it's plenty loud. It's compliant. It, it's so comfortable. So how, Has it shot flames yet? You know, I'm sure it has. I haven't actually haven't seen, seen them. It yet. You know, I haven't seen them, but I'm sure it has. But it it is amazing what suspension, a little bit of transmission tuning, and um, four wheel steer has done to it. It is incredibly different. And I, I was, you know, so funny because a lot of people that know me said, "Okay, how long is this one going to last?" <laughs> and I swear, if I had a 2012 or, or 13 or a 14 like I did before, and the 720, I would probably never drive it. Yeah. Um, I swear I drive this car as much as the 720 if not more because it has the sound which the 720 sounds great yeah V12 versus but it has turbo it, anything is yeah cool. and what's cool about but it you're is you're doing 30 mile an hour in the Aventador and it sounds like yeah, rocket exactly. yeah, engine braking <laughs> and if you were yeah. to kick it in neutral and just kind of give it a rev every now and then just which to wake yourself to, up it is just it, it's incredible and what's cool about it is there's not another single mid-engine V12 car available for a fraction you know for mm-hmm. well you know I think the closest one is probably close to a million. I don't know what like other mid-engine, mid-engine V12. V12 yeah. Modern mid-engine V12 is available. Outside of the Mercy Lager the Super. Right, yeah, sure. Outside of that family, the Mercy, the Diablo. Um, I don't know. Not, not the same category of car, though. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. not even the same. I mean, you know, yeah. The other things are, you know, uh, the, all the V12 mid-engine Ferraris are insanely priced. I mean, you're talking Enzo, F50, yeah. LaFerrari. Uh, the, there isn't a mid-engine uh, V12 no. Aston. I mean, so it's just, there's nothing. The Valkyrie. Yeah. That thing. Well, front engine, though. Oh, the yeah. Valkyrie. Sorry, I was thinking well, the, the... No, the, I was thinking of the, the, Vulcan. Uh, the Vulcan, yeah. Oh, no, you're, Valkyrie is front engine. Yeah. Uh, Vulcan's, Vulcan's rear. Vulcan's rear, yeah. yeah, or mid, yeah. Valkyrie, I think. No. Uh-uh. Valkyrie's rear engine. I just watched a whole video on it today. Oh, okay. So the Vulcan's front. That's right, you're right. It's a Vulcan. yes, Vulcan's front. Yeah, yeah, Vulcan's right. a race car. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. JW uh-huh. took it on... Uh, Gumball, yeah, which I showed you a video, which I'll post again, of... Mates of mine work at the Aston dealership back in uh, Reading, mm-hmm. bro. Back Is Bristol. it in Reading? No, 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 they work in. There's one. Uh, there's a Ferrari oh, dealership, not the, the factory. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So they work at a dealership, and they had a guy who owned. Yeah, I was born in Reading. I do not remember an Aston. Yeah, right? an there's Aston one. Dealership. There's a Ferrari on the dealership and a Porsche on the on the way out of Reading. Okay. Um, okay. But they work at they work for a group and and. Aston's one of their dealerships and, and one of their owners said that you know you can have my Vulcan in the dealership for just look after it so they rolled it off the truck and just started it in the dealership and they're just revving the nuts off it, oh it it's God. the best sounding car yeah. inside I've ever heard yeah I've seen uh, Chris Harris's drive of it it's mental isn't it yeah it is so sick yeah I mean yeah but yeah, that Valkyrie sounds amazing. I think it's a Cosworth V12. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like a 12,000 right. yeah, yeah. RPM. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. 1,126 horse. I love 
that whole concept of that car. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's an Adrian Newey just brain. It looks it looks weird. Blank sheet of paper. The crazy. Uh, oh, what would you call it? like where the, the barge board area? Which yeah, is just well, these yeah, huge. They, you know, they they adopt Formula One. The arrows underneath the car now. It's right. not on top of it. Yeah. You know? So it, it's it looks strange. It looks really weird going around a track. There's a Aston Martin or Red Bull. One of the two put out like a two minute video it. today, and then there's yeah. a ten minute extended by the guy, that. the company that actually filmed it. I think it's like Next Guy okay. Car Reviews or something, but it's a much more extended clip that has a lot more well there's a lot of a lot of comments they made about it being unrefined and a lot of stuff that they cut out of the Aston Martin like yeah. the short clip sure. one, but they go in a little more in detail man those F1 style F1 kind of tribute type cars are going to take a while I mean I know well Mercedes yeah. changed the whole thing on this right they have to the project because the Project 1 I think it failed every possible emissions standard known to man <laughs> yeah. so yeah. They're kind of they're back order or not back order, but they're backdated indefinitely. Yeah, I, mean, they, they, I think they basically went to the buyers and were like, "Which other engine do you want?" Because yeah, we can't put it in there. Yeah, now, I think yeah. that's all I was banking on. Yeah, because I think I had the 2015 yeah. or 16. The 2015 F1 engine, I think, is what was in yeah. it. And yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, they cannot make it work. I thought but, it was ugly anyway. So. Man, but when yeah. you watch the video, you're like, okay, I get it. I mean, it is. Yeah, who doesn't want an F1 engine in there? Yeah, yeah. road oh, car. Sure, yeah. I would like, love if it was a, one of the V10s, but oh, still. Oh, would be fantastic, uh, wouldn't it? But yeah, so but as far as the event store, it was just, it, it's fundamentally changed. It's more so, significantly more so than the Performante versus the base Hurricane. Right. Significantly more so. Because that, for me, is one of my favorite sounding cars. I love, the Perf is incredible. And I'll, they've done a good job of making it. Whenever I sold my Speciale, the guy that bought it ended up, you know, he was coming from a base 458, and he flew out here to drive it, and he's like, you know what, the biggest thing I noticed is the sound difference. Uh, and the Perf is the same. It, mm-hmm. It's it got this kind of angrier mm-hmm. feel to it. You without feel the, it, apparently. Yeah, and in the sound, I mean, it's, it, it's a little bassier, a little more kind of, yeah. I think um, I, Richard Hammond said it really well. It's like, it's like, it, it's like you... Put a hundred wolves underneath the yeah. know, underneath the bonnet. I love that video. Wow. Yeah, and it, it does sound like that when you think about okay, what would that grand tour like? video that he did? He just pulls up next to May in his speciality and yeah, just like, destroys him. Yeah, yeah. it's like, like oh, you pulled what, onto a yeah, drag. What luck yeah. is this? Yeah, uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, I, the Aventador it's it's incredible and it is still unrefined, which I love. I mm-hmm. think it's a really because the 720 is so sorted out and the Aventador has its kind of. Yeah. It's got its rough edges, and it's it's what gives it its character. Arguably, I think Lamborghini was kind of right with the transmission. You know, it, I don't think it was their intention to mm-hmm. create more emotion. I really don't think they had a good transmission at the time whenever it was developed. Um, and they're kind of writing it off like, oh, it creates more of a driver experience. Yeah. It does, to a degree. Um, there are some times where it's just, it's just annoying. Well, there was some flack that came out when they went to the S that they softened it up too much. And then I think the the selling rate maybe reflected that a little bit because then all of a sudden the previous Mercies went up. They're not Mercies, but the previous Aventadors. Yeah, they kind of Or they say retained yeah, they it a little stayed. bit better. Than what I expect. do love about the S, though, is I really do – I think the, orig- the older Aventadors – we're starting to look a bit dated. So they kind of yeah. took the SL, the Superleggera front end from the Gallardos and well, kind of made it a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, like bigger. Well, I say softer. You well, say yeah, but you're right, yeah. though, because the edges on it are softer. Like the corners are all softer, but it's kind of that same idea. Yeah. And it got dated very quickly. It started looking like a kit car. It, well, the problem is you did. see those kit cars, and then maybe it was me when you're coming across social media. It's like it would stick in my head when I see an older it one. Did. I go, that's how I knew it was an it older did. one. So the, what I like about the S is, is they've slightly, it looks like they've slightly extended the height of the bumper. So it, it, it extends a little lower mm-hmm. um, and the front it's just all it's just smoother and just it's completely updated the car which is actually 
a pretty impressive feat considering how dated to me it looked the shape in, in the is, old yeah. one. So it, if you look at the front ends side by side, it's significantly different. It, I really think they bought an extra couple of years with the car, just updating that front oh, end like for that. Sure. Yeah. Way more than they did with the Gallardo towards the end, and they had just had horrific changes to them. Yeah, you were talking but, about like 720, you know, versus the mm-hmm. Aventador, but the 720 interior is pretty boring. When well, you have a lot of room in the 720, though. Yeah, so the Land 720, looks, awesome. well, it's kind of distracting. So the 720, because it's, you know, so the engine's lower, so you've got this rear deck, so you've got kind of this this bubble of glass that yeah. you have well, all around perfect you. driving perspective right so, yeah it's, it's it, function it yeah. kind of creates the illusion of space I'm, i'd be really curious what they would be like if you did you know if if i if you had glass behind your head in the 720 okay um because that rear cubic feet behind you which is which is open and accessible um you don't have in the aventador uh but i do think in the 720 the seats aren't the, the cockpit is narrow so it's got the carbon tub which takes up a fair bit of the sides And then you you do sit much closer. So if we were sitting in the yeah. car together, our elbows would be hitting for sure. Not okay. 4GT. Um, not 4GT. Yeah. Um, but the Aventador is, I think it's bigger. And the windshield slope is way more, either least or more aggressive, which you know, it's almost flat. Well, I don't, I'm 6'5". I don't fit in an Aventador yeah, or any Lambo, except for a Gallardo. You wouldn't. Yeah, better, yeah, you wouldn't. But I do fit in a 720. Yeah, because the cabin height is definitely higher. Um But the windshield, I mean, you, it's like a full arm's length from the front of the dash, or like the dash that's facing the driver. I don't know, a Ventador? Or in the Aventador, yeah. to get to the bottom of the windshield. Yeah. I mean, it is way down there. So it, it kind of creates the same thing the 720 has in the rear at the front. Sure. Uh, but the console's much bigger because the transmission's there, uh, not in the same, you know, bell housing isn't, you know, by your feet, it's more by your yeah. shoulders. But, um, So I think the cubic feet inside is bigger, but the packaging is also kind of bigger. So you kind of feel like you're in your own little pod in mm-hmm. the in the Aventador, yeah. but you've got all this room in front of you. Mm-hmm. The 720, you have all this room kind of around you, but it's almost like you're driving a box truck. Like you don't see any of the hood, zero. Right. Yeah. So it feels like you're kind of sitting over the the front of the car and like the end of the car is at your feet. It's yeah. really strange and it probably isn't that far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, No, but yeah, yeah very very different feels. But um, yeah, I think McLaren killed it with glass on you know the glass roof, the front, and then the rear canopy, and the whole thing, the whole 720 is uh, carbon. It's a carbon chassis, so uh, it doesn't have like the Aventador, which is a carbon tub with aluminum subframes. Yeah. It doesn't have that. The 720 is all carbon, so you can have a lot thinner. A and C pillars, I yeah, guess. Technically, like the, a B pillar. The engine that, is basically the structure. The yeah, structure the engine's a, yeah. The, the, the engine is a stress member, um, and then the carbon. So instead of having like a really big, I guess what, in a normal car, which would be a C pillar, you know, the rear one going back. Uh, I guess it's technically a B pillar in the 720. Um, it's two thin strips of carbon. So what's normally your blind spot in a mid-engine car over your left mm-hmm. shoulder mm-hmm. is just glass. So the visibility is. Yeah. incredible and as a result it feels like you're just kind of in this Jetson bubble you know it's very similar yeah. so it feels bigger I'm not sure if it is bigger but it feels bigger for sure talking V12s you did you had a Luso right was it I a did. V8 or a V12 V12. yeah yeah had a V12 how was that that car was so fun um, was there a reason you bought that Like the is there that? is there like a, yeah is there it's a Ferrari bias club because yeah. that came and I was like oh something to that yeah so um, a couple things so um, one I love the quirkiness of it like I love the idea of a hatchback Ferrari I think that's a, and a hatchback V12 Ferrari I think that's I think that's super cool 
Uh, I I fully intended to make that my daily driver. So okay. I wanted to have something that was fun as a daily driver that I had space with, all-wheel drive, which Sounded is what that was. Sounded amazing. Yeah, and it was super fun. So I did, you know, I did every piece of research I could think to do. It was like, okay, what are my, you know, one question I like to ask, whether it's personally, the business side of things, like what's the upside, what's the downside, can I handle the downside? If not, how do I mitigate it? And so with that, I was like, okay, what's the upside, what's the downside? The downside was a little bit of like, you know, lack of space and then the potential for, you know, the depreciation of it, right? Yeah. So I, the Luso was the successor to the FF. So I, you know, I had, I looked at some FFs that were, you know, I'd probably sell a Luso in a couple of years, looked at some FFs that were a couple of years old, you know, had a rough range, like, okay, cool, I'm gonna lose X amount of money. For me, I, you know, I think it's weird that people say I lost money on a car and my response, well, you drove it, so you yeah. kind of got your money. You actually money enjoyed well. it. Yeah, so. You just paid a lot. It's just how much you yeah, enjoyed yeah, for exactly. you. Yeah, yeah. So smiles like, you lost miles, money right? it. it sounds <laughs> like you didn't drive it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as the experience goes, so you know, I did all that and I bought it and I loved it. Um, and then I started thinking, oh, wait, this is my only car that I, I mean, I drove that, you know, rain, you know, sleet or mm. shine. I don't think it actually had snowed yet, but I'd driven it in every condition that, you know, we'd had. Um, it was my only driver. And then I was like, oh, I'm putting some miles on this. And it hit me. I was like, oh, wait, I didn't look at high mileage FS. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at sub 10,000 mile FS, like, you know, the typical yeah. weekend type right. car. And I remember driving it and my heart kind of sank. I was like, oh. Oh, no, this no. is going to be a twenty, thirty thousand mile car. Like that downside I thought about was going to be triple what yeah. I actually planned. I was like, that's not worth it. I was like, this is cool, but it, you know, it, I felt like it was completely irresponsible. So I was like, okay, you know what? No. Um, so I actually sold it to the to Bob Moore Porsche, um, uh, which I sold a few cars to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just got out of it. I, as soon as I realized that, I was like, it was out of integrity for me, like out of alignment for me. I was like, yeah, this doesn't. You know, uh, I get the experience and losing money to the experience, but that was drastic. You're talking six figure loss in a couple of years. And I was like, that's just not worth it. Yeah. So you didn't do it for entry purposes, but the Luso is no, an it, entry-esque for the V12 stuff, Yeah, right? so... Does yeah, that not affect the market? Because you will have more higher mileage ones because of that, kind of like California's and some of the other. Yeah, it's just... It's I could kind be of, off on that. This it's, is it's way a, out of my It's an unknown. Range. So, yeah, it, there was... Yeah, so there is this... In this Ferrari club idea, you know, this idea that Ferrari's relatively exclusive... Is this good to go into right now? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the idea of the Ferrari club, right, is that to get their flagship V12, so whatever, you know, the TDF, whatever the, you know, whatever the A12's flagship, you know, the, mm -hmm. their light, quick one's going mm -hmm. to be, the LaFerrari. Pista, the, Yeah, the Pista, all that. Um, you know, what's cool is that, you know, an SF90, like any one of us could walk into a Ferrari dealership now and say, I want an SF90 and they'll sell you one. It's wicked looking. Uh, yeah, they're, they they're so sick. Uh, that, could be, that could be a 720 a replacement. Ferrari, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, there's this, there's this idea that to get access to these flagship cars, you've got to uh, be a long-standing Ferrari customer. Ferrari has their Ferrari you ID. Help stay afloat. Yeah, yeah where you, you, <laughs> you buy the other cars. Ferrari literally has yeah. this Ferrari ID where you where you have a login to the website and you keep track of the Ferraris you own, and that's how they you know how you know how they keep track. It is dealer really governed as far as who gets what allocation. Ferrari corporate will. Punish if you abuse the you know the sure. thing. If you go buy you know you do what you need to get a Ferrari, then you go sell it for three yeah. and a half million and make two. You know they're gonna say okay, cool, you don't get another one. Be yeah. careful making YouTube videos too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it. exactly. So, <clears throat> so you know it is commonly held that okay to get you know to kind of get on that list, you've got to you know buy 
the Luso, like sure. a, a V12 GT. You know, that's typically your, you know, the Luso 812, and then you're you're pretty much there. So I've had some pretty detailed conversations with some various dealerships, and it's all kind of the same language. Yeah, you got to buy a couple of these, yeah. you know, you know, 488 Luso 812, sure. blah blah blah, and then you get on the list. The problem is you have no idea where you're on the list, and if you're even really on the list. Yeah. So. Uh, that's just kind of this culture that's yeah. developed around. You lose a couple hundred grand on it, two cars and still not get. It isn't yeah. Ferrari endorsed, which is weird. So you, you know, Ferrari will. If a dealership gets an order for you, and and it's a La Ferrari, and you've never owned one before, yeah, they'll fill it. Uh, it's not like it's not like corporate says no, that person can't have it. So, um, yeah, it wasn't that the Luso was not that. But okay. so we ended up, you know, I ended up talking to a, a couple of dealerships I got relatively close with, and in you know where we are, so. Uh, we're not within. So Ferrari has this rule: if you're within 200 miles of a dealership, that is your dealership. They're talking about that. Um, so you cannot okay. necessarily build a relationship with another. You can go buy a car from another, but it doesn't really give but you. But your home base or your home. Yeah. Okay. So for us, we can choose from anyone because we don't have one within right. 200 miles. So uh, we can choose from whatever. So I, you know, I bought my Speciali from Ferrari Houston. I bought my the Luso from Ferrari of Fort Lauderdale, um, and. Um, while I was in uh, California picking up the Aventador, I stopped by Ferrari in uh, Newport Beach. And so I've had the same conversation with all of them. I said, hey, give me an idea of you know, the access to the hypercars. Yeah. And they all say the same thing, you know, uh, Luso 812, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. Is there any other way? And they said, well, yeah, there is. And I said, what, you know, well, what is it? Like, well, if you want to race Ferrari Challenge, you're pretty much automatically at the top of the list. Yeah. Which is interesting. So what that consists of is you buy a 488 Challenge car or a, the F, yeah, F8 Challenge car whenever they whenever they produce right. that. And you you participate in Ferrari Challenge for a year. You don't have to do all the races, but what they do is you buy a race car, essentially. It's not street legal. You buy a race car, you sign up with the dealership you bought the car, so they all have their own teams, and you go compete in this gentleman's driver's championship. And I've talked to them, like, hey, what's the field like? Well, you've got... Some guys that have no business being there. Sure. You've got guys that are kind of in the midfield. They're okay. And then you've got the guys that, you know, that are you really good. you the 5% good. that really yeah. want to race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you've got like these kind of these higher drivers, right? So um, so the idea is you buy so you buy the car. Uh, it's like 300 and something. You participate in Ferrari Challenge. They were from five to, you know, five to $800,000 to do that. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's a million dollars, right? And, <laughs> and that's you know, an if, if I, if like, I get it. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, 500 yeah. a year, a season? A five season. to 800. So you're getting yeah. for the year. Because you, you get pit crew, you get the race car team, transport. Full race it team, follows yeah. the Formula One calendar. So you go to every single Formula One track and you race the week the weekend before or yeah, the I week attached off. To that. that would be sick. Yeah, I was attached to that. Yeah, so it follows Formula One. Um, it's a full on thing. I mean, it is, yeah. you get, you have all your typical testing, qualifying. Sure. Dry, you know, celebrations. Race you are yeah. on the Formula One stand to get your trophies. I mean, it's a legitimate yeah. thing. Has that piqued the interest? A yes, bit? it has. Yeah. So, uh, but not for the money. Um, so, or not yet, it's anyway. Better people. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's the cool yeah. part, though. So, yeah. so you know, get one dealership tells me, I'm like, okay, cool, that sounds cool. I go to another and I say, hey, if I do challenge, do I get you know La Ferrari yeah. placement? And they said, yeah. They're, I'm like, where on the list are like the top? It's like, okay. So I go to the one in Newport Beach, ask them the same thing. They say, yeah, no, if you do challenge, you, yeah. you skip the whole line. Okay, so there's some there's some merit to this. Yeah. Uh, so then go back and ask them and say, hey, uh, what if two of us do it? Like, can I have a friend do right. challenge with me? Can we have the same car? I said, yeah. Where do we be on the list? The top. Both of you at the top. Both of us? Yeah. So now we've kind of validated that. Wait. Two people can race the same car 
and they can both get LaFerrari slots or whatever the hypercar slot is. So here's yeah. the cool part. It's $500,000, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. a sh- it's a lot of money. Um, but you look at any Ferrari hypercar. Yeah, alas, you're going to make money. It's, it's yeah. actually a money maker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you go and you do that for half a million dollars each. You both get LaFerrari or whatever they are. Blast one, and a half, we have one and a half million bucks. Yeah. You have this exclusive... Ferrari hypercar, mm. you go sell it for two and a half or three million bucks, yeah. and you go buy the Aperta, and, and then you do it really all over again. Money, yeah. And you only have to race Ferrari Challenge once. So once you've had the hypercar, you're at the top of the list every time. So you have a lot Ferrari, you go get an Aperta next. And as long as you have I'm a good relationship, like I got money in my well, head. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun <laughs> well, thing. Yeah, to just take the like, zeros off and then do it. Honestly, it's almost one of those things you're going to loan for. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go do this as an investment. That would be really hard to sell to a bank, but you know, if you could do it. Um, it helps you, you sleep at night. Probably. It's half a million bucks. You get a hypercar. As long as you sell that back through the dealership that you race through. And by the way, you sell your challenge car when you're done. So yeah, as long as the new one hasn't come yeah, out, you'll you be okay. You probably sell it for two fifty, three hundred right. after a year. So you, in reality, it's probably three hundred thousand. Um, you get your LaFerrari or whatever it is. You sell the, the how the other dealership sell it. They take their five percent, whatever the heck their yeah. fee is, on three million bucks. You still pocket a million or two. Yeah. And then you do it all, and you get. And you've covered all the expenses you've had in your entire. Yeah, and you race the Formula One calendar for a year as in a as a Ferrari racing driver. Yeah. That, so yeah, that's pretty incredible setup. So pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's so a that, nice inside. That makes sense. It's always seemed uh, mysterious in yeah. a way. But uh, hopefully, they didn't blacklist me for that. But I mean, that, yeah, I was that's wondering. The process like, of it, yeah. I need to think that through because nah, it's, I don't it's think so. a lot I mean, of good. You know, I'm not that committed. to I'm it, sure you so. can find it on a forum but, somewhere. But the, well, here's I've, here's the thing. I've hey, covered you, a lot of this. I mean, I've seen a lot of this, and I'm not seeing this clear explanation. Well, that. yeah. And here's so. the thing. Listen, it, it's dealership or uh, dealership determined. So sure. there's when a, you're in the middle, there'll be a dealership that yeah. like, hey, you talked about it. Cool, that's fine. You want to spend a million bucks on? Yeah, sure. They're making money now. they're fine. So so the cool part is, you know, fast forward the end of it, you. You spent a lot of money year one. You traveled a lot. But three years from now, two Ferrari hypercars in, made a, you know, made a couple million bucks off the first one. Yeah. You followed Formula One around. I'd love to do it in 2021. Oh, follow that, that calendar. Amazing. Follow Formula One yeah. around. And you have a Ferrari, and you are, you can put Ferrari racing driver in your Instagram. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're. Let's keep pretending. Okay. So we do a laugh. We do an aperta and you're like, God, I'm 40 years old. Yeah. Right. What do I get next? Whatever the next one is. Are you, are you interested in? My, here's my. Is, is that going to be? Is it going to be? Doesn't matter what it is. If it goes goal, electric or it goes weird. You're just. My goal is to die late as young as possible. That's the goal. So whatever the next one is. Uh, <laughs> that's going on the wall somewhere. That. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So whatever the next Flip one that. is. So we'll, you know, we'll see. But I think it's a really cool. Um, it, it's probably a stretch, but you could almost yeah. like a, make a living doing that. Yeah. If you were relatively yeah. conservative everywhere, if yeah. if how much money that cost and all that the traveling. didn't necessarily replicate into the rest of your life at scale, yeah. you could do that, especially being in Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean you could you could make a living doing that. You you, know, you probably make a million or two that lasts you several years plus each time. Probably let's say five years before you get the aperture or whatever. Yeah. That's a good living. Yeah. Uh, so all anybody who's like slaving away at their job listening to this is yeah, like this is a weird like, I feel yeah. weird listening to this yeah. for Ferrari challenge <laughs> yeah. and never work again yeah, yeah. like does Ford good. Racing do this does Mustangs do this yeah. does Kate Cater I'm ever racing it's, it's cool though so uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah a little bit of you know and, and that's from some you know I, I've hit three dealerships now validated that whole sure. thing mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, asked all three about 
okay, can we have two drivers? Yeah. And they said, yes. Do we get two slots? And they said, yes. Have you asked about three drivers? No, but I would love to. I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I was like, keep just breaking yeah. it up. He just showed with 20 guys. He's like, yeah, we're all going to do a lap. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, here's the thing. Say you do three. Yeah. You, <laughs> we get 20 lap Ferraris. And we change our so Say you do three, right? You know, you split the profits from the first car, and then you just, you know, you, yeah. by that time, the third person can go do it with someone else uh, right. and challenge. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a cool thing. Uh, Ferrari is very, on, very on top of the Ferrari club thing, and it, mm-hmm. you know, it creates a, like a lure around the brand. Yeah. So I think it's cool. But yeah, hopefully that gives a little bit. Well, of and, to and it. talk of like the club and you know the quote club that you've got to get into Porsche the same way, right? They are, and especially yeah. back home, you've got to have so many Cayennes on lease so you can get a GT2 RS. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny, and it, it, it's business that, fleet lease. Yeah, company that's, fleet lease. That's dealer driven too, yeah. because like whenever I ordered my GT2 RS, I mean that was a two year plan really uh and it's such a shame because it was the car was such a disappointment for me was it really yeah it really was oh um, no way so you know i had i bought two gt3s uh the gt2 r yeah so i built a relationship with the local with the porsche dealership which is they're incredible i mean yeah. i have a great relationship with them still um but when the gt2 rs came in it just was so overshadowed by the 720 to me yeah the 720 was faster yeah. it was more nimble yeah. it the gt2 rs was very like gutsy I and mean, it was just it's a wicked case of the porsche yeah. thing with their uh, you know the rear engine all that yeah. and that's it was just because it's the coolest of that does not mean it's the coolest and know? it really it really is a track car for the road it rides rough even in the softest setting it's bad i mean it, it, it is i don't i can't think of anything that i've had that rode worse than the than that car yeah. the seats are uncomfortable uh and it's just one of those things where you it what I like about what I have right now is you can kind of liken it to, you know, I could wear a suit and get out of the 720 and not look weird. If you could wear a suit and get out of a GT2 RS, they're like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't align with the car, so it's yeah. pretty one-dimensional. So, yeah, you get out of that thing in a leather jacket and a helmet, and, like, you're good. Yeah. But much more than that, and it just, it was, there was just something weird about it. And, yeah, just that well, did not last GT2 very long for me. GT2 became famous for the Widowmaker back when it was making power rear-wheel drive that nothing else was. Right. Yeah, right. And, and it was like manual, too, right? Yeah, yeah, manual, yeah. 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 And the thing about, like, one of the things for me is there's this, there's this condition that, you know, if you hype something up so much to someone or to yourself, uh, there's not a, re- a real possibility that it can actually live up to what you've hyped it up to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that, G- that happened with me with the GT2. I just thought it was going to be the end-all, yeah. modern-day Widowmaker, and it wasn't okay. for me. It was See, too- but how do you get into a Widowmaker? You've literally 2,000 horsepower, like, well, not rear-wheel drive. True. But, yeah, that's a good I point. Mean, I mean, that's a tough one. I, I don't yeah. drive anything. You know, he's going to be driving the Bloodhound trying to push 1,000 mile an hour next year. It ruins you. I think that's a, I mean, that's a conversation for another thing. It's like you get into cars that are supposed to be fast, and you're like, oh, this is Yeah, not. and then, you know, there is something about it. It's like kind of, you know, the 720 gives you a little bit. I talk about that car a lot, but it's just so good. It gives you some good insight. Like, I, you know, I've, I've never thought about, like, a, um, a Veyron or um, – you know, I don't like the one-dimensional cars. Like that. that's too one-dimensional. Like but, Pagani too. Yeah, well, I love the Pagani because I love the power to weight rate. You know, it's it's lower power. She and can't I, drive I, that, I almost have. I, I when they were seven hundred thousand dollars, I almost had one ball. I was like, don't have it yet. Um, so I backed out, and now they're one point two yeah. new. It's crazy. But the what I'm starting to notice about the seven twenty um, is 
whenever the the Veyrons came out, and you know, I was having twin turbo Lamborghini at the time, and it's just like, why the hell would you buy a Veyron? Like, mm. I can buy a Lamborghini twin turbo and just leave it in the dust. And then you realize, like, you buy the 720, and you're like, oh, I kind of get why people like factory. Like, wait, this is under warranty. Wait, yeah. the brakes work like the way that yeah. you know they match the power and the handling and the safety yeah. and all that. Yeah. You're you completely imbalanced. Yeah, you kind of keep it. up to it. You kind of yeah. get it. And I'm over here like, oh, I don't like how one dimensional that thing is. Not realizing how one dimensional the thing that I have is. You're dumping yeah. C16 in it to walk out the yeah, to yeah. drive around the corner. Steel brakes, rotors that are nowhere near the. I mean, if you look at one thing that I realized about the Veyron, which I thought was so cool, is when they first just. Dist- Demonstrated the engine. It was a W16. Right. It's massive. I mean, it's not half the size of this table, but I mean, it's probably six or seven feet long. It's legitimately two V8 stuck together. It's huge. <laughs> and I remember, and I, you know, they. I remember watching the video, and they said, "Why is that so big?" And they said, "You cannot make a thousand horsepower reliable yeah. without it physically just being bigger." And thirty intercooler, so, thirty radiators. So, like the, you know, the cam is three times the size of a typical cam because it's just it's. A normal engine, oversized. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so you see that, and you're like, oh, that makes my 5-liter V10 feel really stupid when it makes, you know, 2,000 horsepower. You're like, okay, this poor thing's got to be screaming for dear life. Yeah. And the Veyron engine is just kind of humming along like a normal like a V8 would. Well, it's yeah. like a diesel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're such low Because if you think too. about the cylinder board, I don't remember what it was, but it was huge. Yeah. So the power per cubic inch is mm. really not that drastic yeah. compared to anything else. So it's probably not that much different than the power per cubic inch of a ZL1. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's pretty similar. It's just a huge engine. That's so. one of my favorite Top Gear videos is the Veyron from the Truffle where they race the he yeah. Clarkson picks up and he, they race like May and Hammond. He's flying back. Ma, Ma, oh, yeah. yeah. And the fl- one with the, in the, with the 722 um, uh, SLR? No, no, no. Well, well, like the, he has the, the, the first, the first one they had one. the Veyron okay. on tour. They, he yeah. like drove the Veyron from like the south of France and May jumped in his plane and flew to London. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's, it's like classic. My top, favorite classic one to date is when... Hammond in the Veyron races the Stig in the F1, in the McLaren F1. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. uh, Dubai, and the F1 Dubai. takes off. Yeah, and for a good third of the race, it's ahead. Yeah, and yeah. I just remember him screaming, "How is that happening?" Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It's incredible. It's one of my. I've probably seen that video a million times. And they well, just, and they raced the, the Typhoon right too, that, didn't, didn't they? They, they raced the, the same clip, same deal. That they did, that, yeah, the they raced the seven two. I don't know if it was that one or they're in a super sport, but I remember them pulling up that seven two two SLR, and they were saying like that is hypercar royalty. Yeah, and I think that's such a cool term. Oh yeah, and just yeah. So they raced the Veyron against the. Fighter jet, Eurofighter Typhoon, too, yeah, did down you the see runway. The, uh, the Speed Tail versus the. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, they ripped it off. I haven't watched it. So, yeah, no. so Chris Harris, ra- uh, Speed Tail against the. Against a, okay. Uh, I don't remember what plane it was. Some it's plane. a Royal Air Force plane. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sick. Sick. That's I mean, super it's cool. the best job in the world, isn't it? Oh, and yeah. one thing I love, Harris, is like the whole like singer development that he's into yeah with the whole cool. Williams engine and the I new singer the, and stuff the fact like that, you know singer is using Williams engineering is genius yeah. I mean I it's a, it's a really I cool love the singer ethos I think it's I think you know half a million bucks half for a, a million dollar cool no push. matter what yeah. Is insane. I don't care what that they sounds say. Sounds amazing. I don't too. care what they say. They're they're, they're making Wait money. Three years. You, you watch the Jay Leno episode. They're like, oh yeah, we don't make much money doing this. It's yeah. this many hours. It's like, no, you're you're making money. Well, and it has like uh, fifty to sixty thousand dollars of worth of leather. The with I think in, there's something that you have thing. to create the demand. I think you have to create the well, environment. Well, they have now, they? And they, yeah. yeah, they have. I yeah. think that's a lot. Their of Their like singer watches are a hundred thousand mm. dollars for something. Yeah. I mean, it's in. I mean, and they're nice. I don't know who actually built the watches, but they're nice and. They've done a great job just kind of, they take what every aftermarket shop wants to do 
and they've done it. Like they've almost yeah. become their own OEM. Yeah. Which is so rare. I mean, Roof hasn't even done that, and they've been around forever. I mean, they're still. I think you know, Singer's probably held to a bet to a higher standard mm-hmm. in a enthusiast head than Roof, and that's yeah. crazy. Well, Roof just disappeared though. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they were in the, the yellow the bird's coming back out though. I mean, yeah. they're coming out with a yellow bird, and it's yeah. supposed to be DOT approved and mm-hmm. road legal in the United States, which is crazy. Yeah. So they just, I think they as a business did not catch on to the internet or really getting their product out there because aside from being in Gran Turismo, which is yeah, like not, a flu. Not to, get, not to get political, but I think they totally, you know, I think what won Trump the election was social media. I think, yeah. he, I think mm-hmm. everyone else fully missed it. Yeah, they, they fully underestimated how, it wouldn't add how many voters use social and, and just the demographic. I mean, our generation is larger than the baby boomers. And mm-hmm. I think they just missed it. He won it based on social. And I think Singer has done the same thing um, with the forums and everything else. Yeah. Like they won it based on social. I don't know. I don't hear anything about Roof or even. Um, it's just they're not in the conversation. Or, 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 or Rawwell on that either. I mean, you just don't see anything no. about No. Well, yeah. they made a little bit of a flare, but I don't think really anybody's all that Quality's interested in there. those cars. Quality's yeah. not there. Um, and it is too much of a deviation from from the original, where it's a very small client base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Singer's done something where Porsche diehards are in favor of them. Yeah. Which those are the same people that, like, if you touch it, like, it's sacrilegious. So, yeah. Somehow that, you know, and they're also, the other cool thing about the early Porsches too is like they're kind of like the early muscle cars. Like, it's that old Johnny, you know, Johnny Cash song about, you know, mm-hmm. it's a 62, 70, you know, 58, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just all these different combinations of car. And yeah. you can do that with Porsche, which I think is yeah. really yeah. cool. Yeah, so, Singer's done something really cool. Uh, well, I think Porsche's got to be, I mean, well, a lot of those air cooled Porsches and, and a lot of the years and ones that are remaking, I don't know that they'd have quite the hype or the following necessarily. If, you know, so I think, I think. Porsche probably owes Singer uh, a little bit of a thank you for making those so cool. I oh, don't yeah. think we would have a 911R without um, a, a modern yeah. day 911R without Singer. Yeah. I, I really don't know if we That's would, really especially point. not in the Houndstooth interior and like mm-hmm. all the kind of the throwback to the original right. stuff. It's a nice market test one. I yeah. really do think that was a Singer influenced deal, and maybe even the GT3 Touring uh, yeah. because I just don't think they would have thought about it. Such that a goes down. Car. I'm not ever because think about one it, a 911R or even a GT3 Touring is accessible for the guy that wants a singer. Yeah. And it's everything that the singer would be as far as quality of finish, sound, driving, mm-hmm. handling, everything that they bring the singer up to modern day standards, the GT3 Touring is. Yeah. So I think it's freaking genius. I have to think in somewhat affordable terms, but in that, like a GT3 Touring is awesome, man. I think that would be, be a car I'd love to have. As far I, as like that daily type thing. They, you know? I, there is something envious about um, yeah, I watched. I don't know if you guys have seen the video of the guy in in LA. I think he's, um, I think he's a graphics designer or something. But he's got that, uh, that that one car, you know, that black Porsche where he's rebuilt. He's basically got a shop in his house, right? It's just a one car uh, garage. It's mm. just it has a lift in the floor and it's kind mm. of built his own tables and stuff. Has one car, but he races it uh, in in uh, he car- canyon carves it. He races it in a like a local Porsche club. Mm thing and he drives it around and there's something envious about just the guy that has the one thing that they've tinkered on there Does everything. the last yeah. 10 years yeah. i watched one on petrolicious this morning or yesterday about a guy with a 65 Dude, fastback that that incredible is content. that the martini one no it just came out last couple crazy. days it's that's a 60, been out a while, the 65 yeah. fastback uh oh, mustang with a 289 um, guy lives in LA. You know they're based oh, I think out of I, LA. It's like a blue one, right? Yeah, blue yeah, one, I white it. stripes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I watched that one. It's good. And you watch it, and you're like, yeah. 
man, this guy has it all. Like yeah. he has everything that he could ever want. Yeah. And there's something really, there's something really envious about just the guy that like gets exactly what he wants, yeah. tinkers on it. Is it finding peace with it? Is he getting mm-hmm. content? Is it settling? Is it being? Yeah. I've always wondered what it really is. You know, I think I think what it is is it's getting really clear on what it does. What what does it for you, mm-hmm. and not deviating from that. So for me, you know, I think about things like that too. You know, sometimes I see stuff like that. I'm like, I wonder what my version of that would be. It's funny. I was texting a friend of mine last night. I watched it yesterday because I was texting him last night, and I shared the video. I was like, Hey, you really gonna, you'd like this video. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I love the simplicity of it. I was like, yeah, I think for me that would be something like this. I think I said G-Wagon 765LT and um, like a resto mod mm-hmm. muscle car. Yeah. Like that feels really cool. And then, you know, the next hour I'm like, oh, no, I like pushing myself. Because for me, you know, so I spent a couple of years traveling around with Tony Robbins and, and I, I took a lot of stuff from him. And one of them was peer group in far as far as elevating your peer group and you kind of elevate yourself. And the other was, you know, he said, if you want to take the island, burn the boats. So, and it was an old, I don't remember, um, it was an old um, general that said that. I, I think it was a Mexican guy. Um, but anyway, um, you know, so a lot of times for me, like buying cars has been like the first event stores, like burning the boats. So it's like, okay, cool. That's expensive. This is I got to figure out how to recoup payment. that yeah. money. Um, yeah. And it works. And so part of me is like, oh, no, I like pushing myself and doing that uh, as well. But you can see both. But I really think, you know, now I have a list of, and it's taken me. 45 different cars now to actually re- think to do this. I have a list of um, the characteristics of ideal car of an ideal car for me, and I ha- it's probably about 10 or 12 items mm-hmm. long, um, and I've scored each one. So, you know, there's two ways for me to score. So I say I have 10, right? And I, you know, there's one to 10 there, and I think um, one of one thing could hold more value than another. So, so like um, either. Uh, modern or or immune to a to aging could be you know could have higher value to me than um, how much power it made. Right. So you know I've got like this ranking you know one to ten so you know that's out of ten how many does it have and then I have scores for each one and they ha- just happen out to twenty. So you know I now whenever I'm looking to buy a car I said okay all this car I'm looking at how many of these things does it have and then how does it score and so now I look at the cars I have and what in and I'm compared to that and it's. I think it's where these guys are. I'm like, oh no, everything I feel really good about. Like I feel yeah. super good about everything. Scores really high. I mean, I think everything I have is, have is either an eight or nine out of ten. And I think the lowest one I have right now is a seventeen out of twenty on the score. And I was like, okay, this is this is my system. So I think right. there's something like that where those guys are like, hey, this is what I want. It's got all I want, and that's it. So you know, I don't know, but I think there is a level of contentness to it. And I'm sure at times they want something more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think there's something really cool about just being really content with what you have. Yeah. Uh, like Tony said something that I love, and he said, he said, um, he said, give more than you take, be happy with what you have, and you'll be richer beyond measure. And I just think it's an incredible just way to look at it because if you do that the wrong way, if you take more than you give or you are ungrateful for what you have, like you'll never be happy. So I think it's really cool that like you see someone like that, and you like you know they're grateful. You know they likely contribute other where you know, other places in their life, whether it's family or whatever, car community, whatever, mm-hmm. more than they probably take, and you can tell like they're rich. You know, yeah. maybe not in the way that other people would look at it, like financially, but like we also live in America, where the you know it, it is the richest country in the world. Five percent right. of people in the world have a car, so if you have a car, you're the you yeah. are in the five percent. If you live in the U.S., you're in the one yeah. percent. So. Yeah. 
it's pretty crazy. So I think, you know, they just get really clear on what that is. And that's kind of, to that whole point, that's one of the reasons why we, like, came up with the name and started this whole thing and and just the people we had on. Like, it's because there's so much, like, everyone just loves cars, regardless of how much money you make, what you like. Everyone likes something. Everyone likes their thing. There's a guy in my neighborhood who... He's like 60-something, and he's got... I was walking the dog one day, and he had the garage up, and there's like a, you know, 64 Mustang in there. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Tell me about it. He's like, this was the same car I had in high school. You know, cool. you know like, that stuff, get, you know, and you... It's, it's like the material... What, it. And it, what's weird about it to me is it's almost very American. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like It is the manifestation almost of, like, the American dream, because I think, yeah. you know, it does cars are a way, at least here, that represent freedom. They really do. They represent freedom of choice. They represent freedom to, to be. Uh, like, you know, one definition of success that I like is, is be able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want. Mm-hmm. And in reality, almost everyone can do that. It's just what are they willing not to do to be able to do that. And cars do so much of that one thing. They, yeah. they create, like, you've got freedom, like it's your own. You can go travel. You can go travel with friends. And... There's just something about the like a car, the automobile. It, you know, I, I read a quote one time, and it said, "The internet is one is the only thing that we've invented that we will not ever fully understand." And I would argue that cars are fall in that category too, because there is this. They're almost sentient. Mm-hmm. They breathe oxygen. They are emotional. They are different day to day. I I don't drive the you know one of my cars like the Aventador for a week and it's cold it's moody for the first yeah. couple miles like it shouldn't be that it's a machine it, yeah. yeah it's moody it's oh, weird it? it's got its yeah. own thing <laughs> yeah. um but so you have that many things kind of have to work together in, in harmony i think especially in some performance and that's still the, like there's more you, to it yeah you yeah. look at a car and you actually think about how many moving parts are going on right now and how the heck is that thing going and that one was made in italy You're like, what? yeah <laughs> and that one was made 50 years ago and somehow it's still 50 years right. ago and somehow it's still going so yeah i think I don't know what it is about cars for me. I've always been in alignment with them. I've always loved them. I think they're such a cool way to, uh, like, demonstrate yourself, Mm -hmm. right, to to kind of reflect yourself. And I think that you, especially in the car community, you see that. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about it is I don't know if I've been a part of a community uh, outside of, you know, I'd say, like, my church that has been more accepting of different types of people from any mm. any area any walk Case of life yeah. Point, yeah you would never have met some of those people and like probably your neighbor you know garage doors never yeah, probably never, never would have told. never would have seen and it. it creates this instant oh cool mm-hmm. and i think yeah i just think that people you know i think they miss that so i think it's i think cars are just overall just a really they're just a really cool way for people to connect and at the same time i think the cool thing about the american dream is it is what everyone wants like you you go to anywhere in the world and you ask them where they want to move not many of them say china or japan almost all right. of them will everyone say says, yeah. america yeah. and it it's not because of like the land it's because of like what it is culturally Content. and i think it's just i think cars are such a good representation of that well cars haven't been around everybody you got grow up thinking that everything's figured out and when they, people explain things to you you know it's like oh it's this is already established you know these yeah. are the cultural norms this is what this is what it's all about but back you know when we were kids it's like cars in a variety had really not been around but for what 30 years yeah, it's not a very long time when you true. think about human existence, and I mean, really, just even the country. All of this stuff yeah. has not been around long. So when we're trying to like 
understand what it is and how it's going to change us when we look at like how quick cars have progressed like how, how much has happened in the last 10 years you're like man there's just so many more options and so many more avenues that people go down so i think it's the car thing is something that's going to continue to change and evolve and especially in america and, and in this part of the country it's a much bigger part of for, who for we sure are. i mean and if you think about the access that it gives you i mean I remember playing Oregon Trail in, in school, right? And, like, I died of dysentery every time. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, but you can take a car now, and for what took them however long, yeah. you know, months and months, mm-hmm. you can take you can take almost any car and drive to the Redwoods and be there in, you know, a few and days. I loaded up an Audi, and we went to Crazy. Nashville, D.C., all the yeah. way up to Albany, came back in two weeks, never had an issue, best thing. That's more power than the first yeah. 30 yeah. presidents that we've yeah. had. Yeah. In the country, like the the highest office in the country, well, and you have more mobility and accessibility mm-hmm. than they did. I never, it's crazy. I never traveled a lot, and I, and I've become like super passionate about this about the driving stuff because I fly all the time for work. Always yeah. have flown all over the place for it, in and out stuff, and you don't see anything. No, you, you don't. don't get it. Nothing. And especially like go to Atlanta, love the place. I've never driven around or through it, oh, and yeah, now that I've been around beautiful. Georgia, North Georgia, like North it's Atlanta, beautiful. I mean, it's wild up there. Yeah, because we would talk about going to Buckhead, do work yeah. stuff all right there, and that was like all I knew of yeah. Atlanta. But anyway, the driving thing, when we took that road trip, I think I'd always looked at a road trip. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's going to wear you out. But when you go uh, open-minded and you kind of yeah. slow down, and, man, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I've taken, yeah. taken yeah. road trips to Florida now, like in-laws are in Florida. So, like, we drive to Florida, enjoy it, stop all along the way. We got married in Nashville just because we just wanted to drive there, hang oh, out, so take cool. our time. Did it's you like, really? Yeah. yeah. You got married in Nashville? Mm-hmm. That's cool. See, you know, it's funny. You think of memories and stuff like that, and like most, a lot of people think that oh, money equals happiness. But you think about any happy memory you've had, you very rarely even think about the cost. I mean, I, I took a, um, you know, I, so my cousins live in uh, in Normandy, and uh, we drove. Like, so I, I went to go visit them, um, and we drove from Normandy to Geneva to Milan. Um, so I ended up having to go to a trade show for work uh, to Milan. But we drove. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a budget trip. I mean, you know, yeah. cheap plane ticket, you know, go get in their car, drive to Milan. And then, you know, we're there and like, okay, why don't we go to Rome? Like, we're in Italy. Like, why we not? Yeah. And we just drove. And, yeah. like, that trip probably, I mean, I don't, it was probably a sub couple thousand dollar trip. And I don't even think about the money. It's one of my, you know, best memories. And you contrast that to, like, racing at TI and like mm. how much money that costs. Yeah. Like, okay, cool, that was fun. <laughs> it's different. Right. But yeah. it is like the Nashville thing will never Yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll what? never be a bad memory and it'll mm-hmm. you know and it, it there's all, it's also connected for me. Nobody cares really about me on this, but um the reason I like care. having thank you, buddy. Uh having a, a four door F one fifty four wheel drive and the supercharging mm-hmm. and doing a lot of mm-hmm. like refinement mods, it has allowed me to throw the dogs in, throw whatever I want to, and drive all over the country. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I mean, I put forty thousand miles on it in a year. You imagine and a half. that. You certainly have heard that Sam Walton story about going to Walmart. Um, so early on, uh, he was going. So Sam Walton, founder of Walmart, right? Yeah. Uh, probably I think 15, 20 years in. Oklahoma um, he, too. He's yeah. He's so he's going to Walmart, uh, and uh, he's in the fishing, uh, the fishing section. He's getting he's getting you know baits and stuff like that, and he goes to check out. One of the managers uh, recognizes him. And like immediately, kind of like not grovels, but immediately like wants to serve the guy. And so he's like, "Oh, let me help you. You know, let me help you, Mr. Walton." Blah blah blah. And he helps him. Super nice guy. And he goes out, and he has this kind of old beat up. Uh, I think it was a Dodge pickup truck. It yeah. may have been a Ford. Uh, an old beat up truck. And you know, the guy's a, a for sure a millionaire, maybe a billionaire at this yeah. point. And the guy's really confused, and he says, "Hey, why are you not driving 
like a like a Bentley or something. He's like, well, I I can't put my hunting dogs in the back of a Bentley, yeah. and it's just so oh, doesn't even think yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's such a di- I think it's so cool. It's such a yeah. different mentality of like you know what it's all about. So yeah. it's yeah, I just think it's a it's a cool example. Like someone like that who's kind of like the pinnacle of mm-hmm. um, like success in America, like rags to riches type thing. Uh, I think it's cool he doesn't like lose sight of what actually made him happy. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's under, I mean, we we got married in Nashville because we could afford it, as in we could bring a lot of the stuff we'd have to pay for in the truck and take everybody that's there. So cool. So it was, yeah. it was kind of cool. It still was way too expensive, yeah. but it was good. It was a really neat experience. That yeah, I don't think I would have a lot of other cars that I would have had. You know, just for convenience and comfort wise, I don't think I would have like, even attempted yeah. it. So yeah, I, I've been to. I went to Estes Park in the summer. Um, you know, while I was in college, we went to go climb. We went to go mountain climb. Uh, and I just remember thinking, man, if I have a nice car, I would just love to go drive Colorado roads. And I think I still haven't done it. And I think mm. it would just be. So it's a, instead of the TIs now, I, I thought yeah. about this, you know, thinking about this uh, podcast. And it's like, what is the evolution of the car guy? Yeah. Really? What is it? Ooh, yeah. I mean, that's a huge conversation. And what would you, you know? take? Because you, I'm assuming you, you would leave. You wouldn't just trailer something out there and then rip it no, around. Yeah, like drive, you have to drive. I, drive. I think, you know, given. What I currently have, I would take the 720 because, yeah, 100% because of luggage space. Uh, the eventual, well, we know Matt Rice in Denver. So yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I bought my car from uh, from Matt Rice. Um, yeah. He works at, um, uh, at Mike Ward, uh, McLaren, uh, yeah. McLaren Denver. Uh, so yeah, and he's who I'm getting the 765 through. So uh, or at least who I have my deposit okay. with. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I'd take the 720 uh, mainly because one turbos in in Colorado is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mountain roads will be you know, a little, a little more reliable it. as far as power delivery and stuff than than being NA, uh, and then just storage, and yeah. quite honestly, the canopy. I mean, I'll just see a lot more. Yeah, you know, uh, you know it'd be able to see. Well, you that's know, interesting. Really, yeah, that's yeah. your scenery car. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I would love a seven twenty spider for that. I think mm-hmm. that would be, yeah, really fun. But I would just love to do mountain roads in a fun car. I remember yeah. every time I go snowboard. You know, we're driving back towards the airport. My God, this in a this in a fast car would just be. Fun. See, that's what I've got to figure it out. I've got to. Yeah. I don't have the budget for yeah, two ton, fleet, two ton you know? truck. The evolution of a car like, is interesting. But there's a there's a guy I follow on Instagram. He's got a nine. He's got a nine nine seven Carrera four S, and he has a tent on the top of it. That guy is awesome. Wow. Yeah, he's from Oregon. He's yeah. a tent, and he camp. He drive. He drives it out. See through glass. And to the camps. Lead, yeah. What was the guy? Do you remember the guy that everything. bought the the Giardo, the young guy that bought the Giardo and just drove cross country with it? Um, he was like a kind of like a um, I don't know what you're talking about. like no, a heavy metal looking like kid, uh, but like sold everything he had, spent every penny he had to yeah. buy his Giardo and just drove. Yeah, cross country. Normal guy. Yeah, ended up breaking down and like he got stuck in the state it broke down in for months yeah. until, until he was able to it. fix it. But yeah, something like that's, that would that be. Stories like that are amazing. Yeah, like, they're just so cool. And you can buy a 994 for 30 grand. 997 4S for like 35. Oh, yeah, yeah. A sub 50 grand and you could, it, I mean, they're bulletproof on it. Yeah, they are much. bulletproof. And you can, and I mean, not, you've got storage space. You've got, I mean, you've got the back seats yeah. in that. You've got the front trunk. Yeah. I mean, you've got plenty the, of room. I don't know if you're familiar with the guy, uh, Seen Through Glass. He's a yeah. YouTube yeah, yeah. guy. Um, yeah, I just did, did an interview with, um, what was the F1 driver for? Who was he doing? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I he's saw a that. brand guy for, I think he's been hired by. But he Tour did Austin. drive the world last year. Yeah, he did yeah. drive the world. And he took an, his 911T, his Carrera T. To yeah, he just got a GT4, yeah. I think. A uh, GT4, um, uh, the... Uh, no, that's, that's a guy, no, that's a guy from Switzerland who's also got a G- just GT4. Same the scene-through glass guy? No, no. The uh, car, Cars with Luke, I think, has just got a GT4. Oh, He's from Austria. That's what it is. That's what it is. He's yeah, just yeah. Got, but the scene, they look the same. They're both bald. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, he just did drive the world. Yeah, he, he went was all through the outback, 
Started in Australia. Yeah, started in Australia, went all over the place. Yeah, yeah. He went all around. We were going to I like that guy. So he's, yeah. He was actually one of the Aventador S reviews I watched. Um, okay. With, because he got a white one from... Um, um, from yeah. Bologna and then you know, yeah, drove it around. But, yes, mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. yeah, he got a lunar on that. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty honest about. Uh, stuff yeah, I too. like him a lot. Um, he's also yeah, he's the guy that raced the GT2 RS in it um, at the you know, happened to be at that runway event. Uh, okay. And they did the launch control event to door versus GT2 RS. Uh, he just happened to be out there. Yeah. And they did that. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's yeah. he's good. But uh, yeah, so we had a green 991, right? Yeah. With yeah. A, with the roof rack T. on it. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah silver when he wrapped it green. Like oh, was it wrapped? Yeah, it was wrapped. Oh, yeah, because cool. it was wow. silver underneath. But I mean, just driving around the world. Uh, the the um, like the rally lights on the front. Yes. Too, I think. Yeah, he uh-huh. completely converted whatever that. He copied. A, there was an car, old one that he copied. Yeah, there's a particular not safari spec car, but I forget what. The it's one kind of that, that latest uh, singer one they did with yeah. the with the rally. Well, they got them the together too, didn't they? The, the guy they who bought that it was in like New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. They put like the classic one with the same livery next to the one that he has with the yeah. new livery. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. That's going to cost him money. That whole trip around the world will cost him money. Gee, I almost like, want to make money. On I almost want to just go drive to Colorado now. Yeah. Well, it's a little cold right now, but I think you should. If that's that's such a big point, man. We try to find that point. Would you do Gumble? I would do Gumball. I wouldn't do Gold Rush. Yeah. Um, I would do Gumball. Gold uh, Rush is across the states, right? Gold, yeah, Gold Rush is here. Gumball in, in Europe would be, yeah, because I think that's more my crowd. As far, I'm not a big, you know, nightclub, yeah, you know, nightclub guy. So I think Gumball would be would be really fun. And I, you know, um, uh, what's the skier? What's his name? Um, Donaldson. John. Yeah. I would love to meet him because um, yeah. I know he participates in that a lot. And mm. I love this all this. Good bags. I've actually been thinking about buying some. The douche bags. The douche bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's. that's yeah, I would love to meet him. I just love that his, you know his approach on cars and the camo house. I think he sold yeah. that house and got a new one. But yeah, um, yeah just kind of doesn't care. And but again, it's a car. It's the it's the car culture. Very individualistic. It's so weird that even cars that you wouldn't do yourself they have to be very extreme for you to be like okay you're an idiot yeah uh, usually it's like okay cool i got it dude like you know maybe it's not my approach but yeah you know i get it so yeah. i like i have an affinity for anything kind of cleanly done i don't really care what the plat i don't care if it's you know a, a 92 hatchback civic yeah. like yeah. if it's clean and got some good wheels on it and you know, some tasteful stuff here and there. If it's got HREs, it's good. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it costs four times the amount of cars. or not, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, if I did a 92 Civic, it would have some nice wheels on it, some yeah. one-piece headlights, a short shifter, and, you know, Call a very good. quiet Call exhaust, and, yeah, it'd be done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever do a 90, 92 Honda. I don't yeah. know if I, I did. You I, know what's funny, though? I think about stuff like that. I'm like, hey, what would I ever do if I just decided, like, you know, to just kind of go back to doing a normal, you know, be a normal life. The cool part is, I, cars are always there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd all, I was thinking, looking at this, this, you know, 65 fastback video guys like, yeah, I could do that. Like yeah. I had no problem doing that. Like there's, you know, the, so the to, of cars started there. I have no problem going back there. Like, right. it'd be, yeah, yeah. so much variety out there. The, the way uh, saying how much the car business or whatever, all these brands and just pumping mm-hmm. these models out, you gotta look, it's like, these are all still here. Yeah. You know, there's gonna be so many things to choose from and so many Man. budget friendly type cars just be maintenance that'll be interesting to see how all these things age yeah i'm really curious about the electric side of things especially when it comes to no interest in that i just can't i'm more (laughs) curious about the business side of it like you know so i I think that that. that on the the tycan yeah you uh, you don't actually see a return environmentally until about twenty thousand miles that's why i can't even get too and the other thing is 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 the battery disposal right so when these things go to be crushed 
Where, you yeah. cannot go crush lithium batteries, so what do you do with them? Yeah, and you're yeah. stuck in a way. That's what I understand. Yeah, and you say on the business side of it, but it's Shoot always seemed space? oddly. I mean, what's the plan? Yeah. yeah, it's always seemed oddly short-sighted. You know, because it's like, do fossil fuels really? Like, is it really like that? No, I mean, they, I what they said. I think they did a comparison on the Prius. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they with did. the Golf. Well, well, well they compared it to a Hummer, to an H2. Oh, really? And they yeah. said they were the same environmental impact until something like eighty thousand miles. Jeez. So just because of the construct, especially early on, yeah. With the, you know, the Prius was, yeah, I think. Was it the first hybrid? Yeah, I think pretty so. Pretty much. Um, but I mean, the first, like... The first mass-produced one. Legit one, yeah. yeah mass-produced um, one. Yeah, outside, yeah, like, yeah. a little... A couple little things. Like, Nissan yeah. was pretty early with a the Leaf, crappy I don't version think, of the Leaf. Yeah, yeah, I don't think... But I think the Prius was... I think yeah, it was a generation before. But, they, yeah, they're yeah. basically saying, you know, those manufacturing yeah. methods, it's just, yeah, it's a different... It'll be interesting to see what happens, and then, you know, I know we talked mm-hmm. before, the power grid to support it, yeah. so... Yeah. Charging and stuff, so... Yeah, it'll be... It'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to hydrogen um, mm-hmm. cars, but you know, I know that was a thing for a while. Yeah, then. I knew a guy that had the Honda. Hydrogen whatever. It was yeah, like hydrogen powered. Yeah, so. or the natural gas. You know, the, yeah. the NGVs. You know, the didn't Bernie have a? I was telling him about it. Did that Mercedes get tuned on like natural gas or something? It was. Weird go, like yeah, that? he was going to go for the um, the mile an hour record for natural gas. Okay. Um, but something with uh, fuel. Something with. There was something mechanical that was a concern, yeah. um, either power delivery wise or reliability. That they said, "Okay, no." Mm-hmm. So it's on, you know, it's on C16 right now, and um, yes, yeah, so the car is a V12 SL65 Mercedes, uh, upgraded turbos, intercooler stuff like that. Yeah. Makes 1,100 pound feet of torque on, uh, on C16. Yeah. The thing is, it's a monster it's a uh, and very unassuming. Uh, you uh, would never very, think it looks. It is stock. Yeah, and it's the stock, engine yeah. is uncracked. I mean, the, the the valve covers haven't been off it. I mean, it yeah. is. A stock AMG V12. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's the same V12 that the uh, the Wires use, the Pagani's mm-hmm. use. Well, that was, yeah, I think that was yeah. the V12, because even if you go back to the old, like, CL65 Yeah, the CL65, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the CL65 Black Series is such a good buy. Oh, my God. I yeah. love that car. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we should probably wrap up, because yeah. we could literally talk for nine hours about no this. Yeah. Um, mate, appreciate your time. Yeah. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.